Welcome back to the epitome of suffering that is, the That's Facts podcast, with Clamp and Cougar. Who's that? Oh, Yo. Oh, nice. Well, welcome back to the epitome of suffering that is, the That's Facts podcast. I'm your host, Jackson Cougar, whatever you want to call me. With me today, as always, I have my wonderful, wonderful co-hosts, Connor and Clamp. A late night episode going, and um, we've got a pretty nice episode, nice little um the beginning of our season recaps, um, back to our championship recap, and some coaching stuff. I'm excited to get this thing going. Uh, Connor, I'll start with you. Any opening thoughts on your end? Uh, it's been an interesting uh, time since the last time we recorded. I'm still obviously a little bit sick, but I feel like a lot better than I did last time for sure. Uh, although I sound like I'm 95 right now because I have no voice left right now. Um, yeah, it's been a good week, and I'm looking forward to this episode. I'm, it's it's going to be a really good one. I'm hyped. <laughs> I agree. Uh, Clamp, any opening thoughts on your side? Yeah, um, obviously the three of us wrong on the Pac-12 championship, um, but, um, well, we already knew that I captured the record predictions, but, um, I think for the community one, since, um, Bias picked Utah, I'm pretty sure he can still beat me in the bowl. Um, if bulls count, um, which is quite unfortunate. Um, so that's kind of what's on my mind right now. Um, <sighs> Caleb Williams, man. If he didn't get hurt, maybe we get a much better game. Is all I'll say. I don't think I don't think USC would have won the way Utah played, but and the way USC tackled. Yeah, we, we'll get into that when we do. Yeah, well, we can go ahead and get into it now. A uh, game early on was how we predicted it to be, I guess. It was going to be the Caleb Williams-USC offense show. Uh, Caleb had a massive run on, I believe it was their second drive, and on that play, this ended up being the biggest play of the game besides just how electric it was. Caleb ends up pulling up his hamstring on that play. Um, it ended up being all that really mattered for Utah in the end. Um, USC still goes on to take that 17-3 lead, but um, Utah comes down, cuts it to one possession with the JQJ touchdown run, and then uh, Utah goes methodically and scores a touchdown uh, with two seconds left in the half. And then after that dropped in the half, that was – it was all you, uh, Utah from that point. A forty-four to seven run after that uh, field goal from USC. Forty-four to seven. Absolutely unreal um, what Utah did. And Clamp, I'm really glad that we were wrong about this. Me and you both said that uh, we figured that uh, Michael Bernard would get more looks than uh, Jaquinda Jackson, and that didn't did not end up happening. So it's about to time. There. It's about time. I'm not saying I'm glad they, they didn't make that mistake. And Michael Bernard, don't get me wrong, he had a good game in this game as well. But Jaquindon Jackson is their running back one. He proved it today. I'm so glad to see him succeed. I think you give me some handoffs against the USC the way they were tackling. I bounce off a few of those arm tackles. It was pathetic, man. Um, and we thought USC would be able to run it. And um, they really missed Travis Dye in that game. Um, Austin Jones couldn't run through an arm tackle. He was getting pretty much pulled straight to the ground. And Austin Jones even was a little banged up in the game. Um, And something USC did that was weird. They didn't give any other running backs a single carry. We didn't see Relique Brown, though I believe he caught a touchdown. Yeah, he Um, did. He he, he caught a touchdown. It was one of the little rollout plays. Yeah, so 
through to Relik, but they didn't give him the ball in as a runner at any point. So I feel like that's a bit of a mistake from USC when Austin Jones goes, let's see here, 15 carries, 35, 35 yards. yards. Pretty um, subpar performance um, there. So I didn't really like that from USC, not um, because they've been a committee running team and they've rode hot, the hot hand all season. How is Austin Jones fitting into that when he's playing so poorly? I don't know. Um, USC was favored by 84% at one point in this game. Yeah, I mean, that's not surprising. Early on, it looked like they were going to coast. Yeah, I thought Agreed. they were. I slept through that entire part of it. So literally everything I watched, I watched every bit of that 44-3 run. <laughs> that's all I saw. So this game to me, this game to me was 44-3 Utah. Right. So. Well, people always say, people always say if you miss the first quarter, you thought this game wasn't even close to begin with well i missed the first quarter and it wasn't close to begin with. <laughs> yeah. it was all utah um, so and, go ahead and play um penn state yeah good That'd for them good game yeah, um, and usc to, goes from playoff to tulane yeah, oof. That's, oof. That's so, james Jones' second usc video was pretty sorry I yeah, mean, I don't it, say I was sorry but it didn't, it didn't match hard. the first one yeah he was trying you're, too hard to match you're the never first. gonna you're never gonna make that, up for the first yeah, one, man. That was that man. That was just. I don't think it gets better than that, and it yeah. never will. Like, do you guys think Caleb's gonna play Tulane? No, I think he's too hurt. Yeah, he I don't, looks pretty I don't think, messed yeah. up. I don't think Lincoln Riley should. And like Lincoln Riley, he had a quote after the game that was honestly pathetic. He said something like, "Caleb wanted to let me take him out of the game." You're the head coach. Well, I, I'm. I don't no, mind. I that. get what he's saying. I get yeah, what he's saying. saying. I get. I one hundred percent get what he's saying. You you can't say that to the public though. You can't say the player wouldn't let me do make a decision because yeah. yes. it's almost like he was passing. The way he said it almost felt like he was passing blame, not giving um, for playing through it. Yeah, it, it almost felt like he was saying, "Oh well, but Caleb didn't let me." But I also <laughs> feel like that's just kind of because everybody doesn't like Lincoln Riley. Like, if anybody else yeah. said this, I don't think it'd be like an issue. I just think nobody likes Lincoln Riley, and so it's hard to. Well, why would you like Lincoln Riley? I don't. You? I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. Yeah. Um, but, but this game was just wow. I mean, shout out to um, dude, first off, real big props to Caleb Williams for playing through that man. He was a warrior in this game. They went on one really long drive. Um, to try and get back into it. I think they were, they were down 10 at this point. Yep. And uh, they went on a 75-yard drive in four minutes and scored on the Mario Williams touchdown pass. They had some – I think they had a fourth down play where Caleb, like, rolled out and threw it and found Jordan Addison wide open. Yep. Like, they, they, they were really – Caleb was – shout out to him, man. What a guy. And um, then the response was – so unfortunate because Utah starts their next drive with a false start, and you're thinking, okay, USC, they're part of the crowds getting into it, mm-hmm. um, which it was a Utah-dominated crowd. However, at times it was loud for USC, both the first quarter and at this point after the Caleb drive. Um, and then Bernard broke a 20-yarder, and then Thomas Yasmin, of all people, um, Utah's third or fourth tight end, um, leaks out down the left sideline, breaks like five tackles, and <laughs> ends up scoring a sixty-yard yeah. touchdown. Um, and then we didn't even the mention next... the Money Parks play. 
Where he oh like, yeah, yeah. Terrible tackling. So this was um, what <laughs> touchdown was this for Utah? I think it was yeah. It was their first. It was the one to go up seven in the third quarter. Yeah. Um, it's third and nineteen. Cam. Yeah, he hits Money Park for. You think it's gonna be like a ten yard gain? Maybe try a long kick. No, they were at their own forty three before this play, so they would have had to punt. Um, if USC wrapped up, um, but they didn't. They Money Parks breaks three tackles and just walks to the end zone from there. Um, but I think another game defining play. You're um, yeah, first and ten at the Utah twenty. On this is USC's response drive to the Yasmin touchdown. And Caleb threw a really, really bad interception to RJ Hubert. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Utah, three plays later, um, JQJ goes 53 yards and scores. And from there, yeah, it's over. Um, it goes from you can make it 31-34 to, oh, no, it's 40. And JQJ got an unsportsmanlike penalty, so it, they missed the extra point. But it ends up being 40-24, to 24 and USC wouldn't score. I mean, this isn't a game to talk a whole lot about um, because USC um, didn't make it a very fun one in the second half. Um, they just got dominated in the second half. I could so, not believe how bad the tackling was. I mean, and it was just brutal. Like, yeah. it, it they looked like it, they looked like I mean they looked like the bottom tier Pac-12 defense that usually mm-hmm. you see from like an Arizona Arizona State right now. Like, that was just like, – like, I was so baffled as to how bad they played in the second half. I thought they showed at least a little bit of fight. And I don't like USC fans, but they have every right to be upset with with that. Like, there's no reason that that's like – that's just unacceptable, dude. Like, you went all really this don't off back quarterback you know, there. It's not really a coordinator's fault tackling so bad, but how does Alex – getting these huge jobs, man. You never see his defenses be great. Sometimes they're situationally really good. Um, but when you give up so many points, I don't know. I feel like Grinch following Lincoln Riley around has been kind of an anchor to what Lincoln Riley can accomplish. Um, just, USC went 1 of 12 on third down in this game. Thanks. Ugh. Just so many bad stats for USC. I wish I had the missed tackle stat because I think that could be pretty close to 20. I mean, it was that bad. Um, I'm still waiting for Corey Foreman to break out. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, well, he's going he, – this is his second year, right? So yeah. him and JT Tui Malau, I'd say, are in pretty similar places. They have their breakout games where they do a lot, and then they um, will fold. But next year – Next year for both of them will be huge. Corey's going to be a full starter. Him and Eric Gentry are kind of going to be the guys who um, are tasked with leading the defense, which having Eric Gentry in that group is definitely not a bad thing. No, um, definitely not. So Corey's really one play in his career, um, weirdly enough, is an interception of DTR, um, which is, you know, he's a D-end. He doesn't usually drop back and pick, pick passes off, but – kind of what he's going to be known for for now. But that's huge for him, and I think that was a moment that will help him. But, yeah, I mean, I'm with you, Connor. He hasn't shown number one recruit type of um, production. Production, yeah, good word. 
All right, so that's pretty much all I have to say about the Pac-12 championship. USC should be disappointed in themselves. And who would have thought that going into 2021, two years later, you'd say that Utah is a back-to-back Pac-12 champion. It's crazy. Um, Shout out to their fans, I guess. And shout out to Kyle Whittingham, man. Yeah, I love the coach. Good coach. Ever since they bumped the amount they let him spend on recruiting, the amount they let him – this is for the people, and this is just a message for people that say um, that point to Utah as a team where recruiting and stars don't matter. Um, ever since they like pretty much doubled or tripled um, recruiting budget, they've been um, 2019 11 wins. 2020 doesn't really count anymore. Count, but they finished um, that season really strong. They, they, they just did. had a four star yesterday over Oregon, high four yeah. star too. Yeah, um, and they got his brother, who was a four-star player. Um, yeah. Utah currently has the number um, two transfer class, or number three transfer class in the entire <laughs> country right now. They got that Stanford linebacker who was a captain. Like they're they they don't rebuild; they reload. It's 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 really nice what Kyle's doing over there. But. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say people that. They just see the amount of stars the the Utah players have most of the time, and that's what they judge them off of. But if you watch these guys play in high school, you can see the skill set that they have that will translate into college. And um, the way uh, – I think um, Kyle Whittingham's one of the best um, puzzle builders in, the, in college football. Every single recruit and every single um, transfer he brings in has a purpose. I yeah. Mean, yeah. You can see their fourth string tight end find something to do in a championship game. So that's um, why they're big. That's why like all like the bigger crews they've gotten there have done well. Like us, but like 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 Clark Phillips, for instance, the best recruit in school history, got there and played immediately just because of how like how good like they 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 do really good scouting wise too for their recruits. I mean Lander Barton, he's the Pac-12 freshman of the year. Every time yeah. they get somebody who's rated highly. They're gonna be really good, um, yeah. and I can't wait to see what, how far Jalen Glover is able to take his a freshman season where he showed some good moments, but didn't ever really become. I mean, JQJ. Uh, I mean, JK, JQJ, prime example of them just finding something for him to do. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Third string quarterback, and now. And they're very much RB one team. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the way they build it together, they. I, I think it's just the care of of the care Whittingham has for every single piece of his roster, yeah. Um, and yeah, I, that, there's a reason they won. Two, there's a reason they won twice in a row using every piece. Um, and winning when it matters. Oh like, yeah, this wasn't even a great season for Utah, but they yeah. did what they needed to do. You know that there is that Oregon game though, where they really came up short. Well. Um, it's just not really winning when it matters, but yeah, I mean, being they there. I mean, they were there. They found a way to get there. They won the USC game. Right. They... I mean, when everyone was injured, they went to Washington State and beat a good team on the road. So, yeah. um, and we'll get into why that team won't be considered a good team for very long if something doesn't change quickly. But nah, nothing's gonna um, change. This is it. Yeah, I'm finished. We. I mean, we can talk about it. Well. Um, we got. We'll we'll talk about the new hires first. Um, 
And I because I think we'd be holding back if we didn't just get into Deion Sanders taking yeah. the Colorado Yeah, De- yeah. Deion Sanders is at Colorado now. And there is Wow. First off, wow. That's that's literally all I have to say. Like ever it's 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 felt like a fever dream what's happened ever since he's gotten there. I'm still trying to catch up with with some of it because it's just it's it, it's a lot. Yes. So Colorado brought out the Brinks truck for Dion. First off, I don't know the contract details off the top of my head, but what I do know is that athletic director straight up came out and said, "We do not have the money to pay Dion Sanders. We cannot afford his contract." So not only do they not, they're just making up numbers to pay Dion. They're making up numbers that they're going to pay all these transfer kids that they're about to bring in. So I hope it works. I want it to work, and I expect it to work. But Jesus Christ, if it doesn't, oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. I mean, not only is Dion's – I mean, Dion's coaching career won't fall apart. He'll still be Dion no matter what happens. But Colorado's football program, if this does not work out, it might – they, I was say they very well might disband it because they are going to have to put so much money into not only building it now but sustaining it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, if they're any good this year, though, I mean, they had a decent student section and crowd with a one in eleven program. So I think they're confident. Colorado is confident that if they um put an exciting product out there with Dion, um, but like you said, if it doesn't work. I mean, I guess it's just an investment thing, but like yeah, this, this Colorado team, Colorado's not making a bowl next year. I don't think so. I, don't think I need to see who year. they have on their team. I yeah, uh, I, I I need to see what, what what transfers they bring in. Like like Travis Harder is that guy. Like he he really is. No, he is. And I think Shadur Sanders is really good as well. Where I'm coming from in in this is think about where they were last season they were not just a seven and five or like a six and six they were just decent they found a way to a ball game whatever they were horrible the worst power five football team you they the basis of that colorado team they're going to change a lot of guys are going to be very good um but that colorado team isn't that just not going to magically go away like a lot of those guys are still going to be there, and I know Dion said talked about him bringing in his bag, his his luggage, and his Louis. But I mean, those are still Colorado players, man. You can't well, hide about them. that. Dion's cutting them; he's sending them out. Yeah, I mean, but y'all, y'all, you, they they are not going to build an entirely new team that that is that's physical enough, I think, to match um, the rest of where, where the rest of the conference is going. I, I think that you have to you have to be there's so much focus on what goes on in those fronts in your front seven um, on the defensive side and, and on your offensive line on the offensive side. If if how many guys can they bring in to rebuild that? Yeah, you can't, I don't you know can't what build they can physical toughness. I know I, I think um Colorado's going to have a lot of success getting skill position guys, especially defensive backs. Um, I know Caleb Presley's now visiting Colorado. Um, oh, Jesus. As a He's an Oregon commit who just visited University of Washington. I was, we were really confident that that was going to end up being a flip. Um, now Presley wants to go to Oregon again, now wants to go to Colorado. And I just wonder if at some point our staff or one of the other staffs just says, Okay, you're good, but you ain't that good. We we we're gonna move on. Get right. the 
get a 2024 guy because um, when a guy puts it out there that he wants to sign on early signing day and then immediately doesn't um, do that, that can annoy the st- staffs, even Oregon staff who hasn't committed. Um, if he doesn't sign with them, I could see Oregon maybe moving on because Oregon wants um, – Multiple corners. I know they're trying to flip one from Arizona right now. Um, his name is escaping me, but Solomon Davis, I want to say, is the guy. He, that he, he, he's going to Oregon. He already decommitted from Arizona. Yeah, okay. So, um, Oregon is working at new corners <laughs> because Caleb Presley, Caleb Presley has been uh, – yeah, and he's crystal balled to Oregon. Okay, so this is very, um, very much – and speaking of – Speaking of Oregon, they we need to we'll get into transfers later because there's a lot of them that we need to cover. Um, but and I'll let um, Connor go on Dion at Colorado because I've kind of gone off. But um, yeah, it's crazy. It's and I think I think it's gonna work to the point where they're close to a bowl because I think they're gonna be better than I think so they're gonna think- be better than Arizona. I think they'll be five and seven. I think they'll probably be, be probably be better than Arizona. I think they'll probably be better than Washington State. Um, I think they'll be better than Arizona State. I think they'll be better than Stanford, and they'll be about even with Cal. I think. Yeah, but they, and they get CSU, who they'll beat. I think Nebraska at Folsom is the game they need to win. Which they, I won't say oh, confidently, man. but. Mm. I think could go either way there. Yeah. Um, at home, um, Matt Rule is a builder. Matt Rule say, is a guy. Know, two two re-innovated football programs. Matt Rule is a guy that takes a really long time building his teams, and I think year one Nebraska is going to be really bad. Um, so that, um, that'll be an interesting game, though. Well, and they got to go at TCU to start Dion's career. Ugh. Um, that's going to be a heavily watched game, probably on national TV, maybe even prime time, um, because. Yeah. It's Dion's debut. Um, that'll be awesome. But yeah, I'm excited. Um, I'm, I'm willing to bet. Know. I'm willing to bet money. It'll be like middle of the day. ABC RG3 yeah, game. RG3 Mark Jones. Yeah, that, that could be <laughs> it's such an RG3 Mark Jones game, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if you know me about college sports, one of the things I hate a lot are bandwagon football fans. Yeah. And Colorado with all this hype is going to be one of from it's going to go probably my 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 just guess based on this re- initial reaction is going to go from going to go from one of my favorite Pac-12 teams to probably middle to one of my least favorite just purely based off of how much attention and how many bandwagon fans they are about to get over the course of this offseason their instagram followers this is just pure example they were at 63k before uh, before dion announced they're at 169k right now yeah it's ridiculous how much hype they have and while i think it is warranted because dion is a player's coach he turned jackson state he, he turned jackson state around he's he's a good coach and i think he'll i i personally think he'll do well and if he doesn't do well, obviously I'll say earlier Colorado is screwed. Um, but I think give him give him two years to kind of put his team together, and I think they'll be good. Do I think they'll be college football playoff good, like some people have said in the past? No, 
week. No, but they will definitely they definitely have will will have the talent to transform to an eight nine win team in about two or three years, if I were to guess. But next year, no, they're like five, maybe six. I think if there were any coach in the country that's going to be capable to put together really talented but not good college football players, like to make a good football team, it's Deion Sanders. Yeah, like I think. Texas A&M and like Texas in recent years to try to do this thing where they've gotten like failed guys elsewhere and like tried to turn them into like superstars like with their potential and it just hasn't worked because the coaching hasn't been there. Yeah. You mean to tell me? You mean to tell me that uh, Steve Sarkeesian's going to turn Jalil Billingsley into a star? No, no. no. Like, no. like I, I think I think that's the type of ability that Dion has, and that's why I think it's unique. In that perspective, and why I think <laughs> like something like this could work. Um, well, Dion, as a, as a, uh, he has the NFL obviously aura about him being one of the greatest NFL players ever and a multi-time Super Bowl champion. And then Dion's personality itself. Um, I was watching Undisputed's take on this, and they both Shannon Sharp obviously is very much very much knows Dion Sanders and. They, him and Skip agreed, and Skip covered the Cowboys when Dion was there. That Dion is once in a lifetime personality. There's no other person like Dion Sanders. Um, right. And I think his leadership and the way he even talks about um, like just regular life stuff um, could be very beneficial to the people. Um, and it could bring up like a family type atmosphere, even. It, which A and M and Texas would fit? I feel like they're that's more of a business atmosphere. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And so I, I'm taking a long time at this point, but I think I'm finally getting there. <laughs> I think Colorado, could be, um, even if you're even if you're doing the things that those business atmospheres bring in, like A and M and Texas, you can build a cohesive unit out of those 85 guys even if it is just a bunch of star players that never knew each other growing up, that never played together, that um, at some points are selfish in terms of NIL and stuff like that, um, are out. And I don't want to say selfish. That's kind of a harsh word. Um, more like looking out for their own careers rather than trying to, you know, build a great college team. You know, Because that's not what college football is anymore. No, let's let's right. face it honestly. That's just not that's the, the game. landscape of the game. Yeah, like, That's the game. And it's okay, um, you know. Especially for five-star recruits, and guys are told they can make millions of dollars, so they go and make millions of dollars. Why wouldn't they? Work? And, 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 nothing, and nothing about that has changed. I think people always talk about NIL, um, right? Yeah, being unfair. I think it's perfectly fair because yeah. these things have always been happening. But now you're you're seeing more of these undervalued guys on football teams having the opportunity to be paid for their likeness because in in earlier days it's like star players are getting everything from these colleges to get them to commit and they keep getting those things while they're there and then the offensive linemen the underrated guys the glue guys don't get anything nil completely changes that where everybody has an opportunity to succeed and so I, i think that's something that's kind of underrated in all of this, and, and I think Dion's going to do a great job. Well, I think a lot it. of that is, especially fans of smaller college football teams, um, lie to themselves, and and even bigger college football teams, like I you you'll see 
you'll see Florida fans saying, oh, Georgia gave him the bag. You're a Florida fan. Right, right. <laughs> what do you think your what team What are you doing? talking about, right? Like, it's when people that's the stupidest comment on Instagram, and it <laughs> happens on every commitment post. Yes, they gave him the bag. They were allowed to give him the bag. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, you, think, you think you guys didn't try to? Like, yeah. Especially when Miami fans, oh, my God. When a Miami fan says gave him the bag, they offered, they've offered Jaden Rashada um, eight figures. Every single, player, every single player on that 2001 Miami team was making at least six figures. I don't care what anybody says. But. No, yeah. you're right. <laughs> oh, my Lord. That is that, that's a, so I'll say I'm, one more thing about Prime. Um, it's, it, I'm interested. I, I wonder what inspired him to take this Colorado job because people always want to talk about the, well, you see that much money in your face. How do you turn it down? Dion's seen more than that a thousand times in his life. He doesn't need power five football. Coach Dion is like a, Dion is worth a ton of money yeah, by, Dion, by himself, not even coaching. Dion, right. Dion does not need that money. And so I am, I'm not in the camp of, Oh wow, Dion's a sellout. How come he left HBCUs? I'm not in that party, but I am in the party of it's it's uniquely Dion Sanders to do something like this because it, it just doesn't seem I can't really make sense of it, but I think it'll work. But it's just kind of one of those things like why, you know? It's 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 a little sad to see him like not like keep going with Jackson State, but really, where else could he have gone? Yeah. You know, like well, they reached their ceiling and, and it's. Well, um, so one thing Dion was talking about, um, was yet a lot of, um, people in the, um, black community are extremely angry at him for leaving an HBCU. But what Dion said was he showed and paved the path and showed how you can make an HBCU and showed how you can make it look successful. I would somewhat agree with that take because I think Dion himself in a way is, the reason that program was on TV and the reason, yeah, that's absolutely fair. And and but 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 with that, I think there's got to be some of the yeah. You're exactly right. It was Dion. So how can it's it's hard to say anybody else can take over that program and keep it that way. It's kind of my argument. Right. It, it it would be nice to see him build some sustainability with that. But I, I get. I'm not mad at Dion. I like. I get it. Like it's a part of. It's a the way that the world goes. Like you can't tell a grown man how to handle his money, how to handle his business. I'm, I'm glad he, he didn't did. need it. Is my argument. I'm glad he. I'm glad he made the move. Also, oh, one more thing I wanted to say. I love the staff he's bringing. Yeah, me too. Um, um like I, I wanted to, I wanted to be that guy and, and like kind of argue and say the Colorado isn't gonna be that good because their staff. And then he brings goes and brings in some of the better options I've seen. Right. It's they got Kent State's head coach. Yeah. That, that, where are they getting this money from? I didn't even I forgot to mention that they paid out a whole head coach for seven hundred fifty thousand. Where did you get that money from? Um, Sean, <laughs> so we Washington actually started the season against Kent State. Um, Sean Lewis is very creative. I will say that uh, Kent State runs a cre- they run an RPO offense, but it's not like Stanford's. It's a fast pace. They run no huddle. Um, and then the it's one play, like it is not like Stanford because I know when you say RPO, it sounds evil and it sounds like dog shit, but it's good. They run a good RPO <laughs> offense and then they run this play action concept where they throw it right over the top of you and it's usually, it's usually a touchdown. Um, 
because you're so your eyes are so dedicated to the backfield. Um, I think Kent State or I think Colorado is in a very good spot. They also hired Kent State's O line coach. Um, their O line was very disciplined because you have to be to not get a legal man downfield and to not make mistakes in that RPO offense. It's hard to play O line in an RPO offense. Um, because you have to basically run block and pass block at the same time. Um, especially at Stanford, you have to really pass block. <laughs> he just holds on to the ball um, and it didn't work. Um, yeah, so it's – I'm excited for both of those hires. And then they there was a report they got Mike Zimmer at the D.C., but it was false. Um, the second false report from an official reporter within the day, obviously we had Aaron Judge – Arson um, Judge. Aaron Judge almost end up on the Giants. Oh, um, Arson Judge. Arson Judge. <laughs> it, arson Judge. It, it, it's Arson Judge. Yeah. <sighs> How do you mess up that bad? So, the big you fake now you faked out the biggest signing in baseball history. Um, not maybe not the biggest, but one of the biggest one signings the in biggest. baseball history. You faked out. Um. Obviously, there were guys. There have been guys to leave baseball teams. That's definitely been a mobile sport for longer than like football and NBA have. NBA really only became mobile with LeBron. Um, yeah. So. Anyway, we can we can. Uh, yeah, about I mean, so coaches. happy for Coach Prime. Um, yeah. Mike Zimmer fake out. Nice way to go. Um, ASU hires um Kenny Dillingham. We knew this um before the last episode, but we decided not to dive into it. I. Um, yeah, me too. Me too. I am pumped because ASU is going to become a football, um, a football team that's actually fun to watch. And um, so looking at his hires, you get Bo Baldwin, the old Cal OC, um, in like the Chase Garbers eight and five days. Mm-hmm. Um, I never thought those were the worst offenses. Um, but they definitely weren't the best. Um, and as the Cal Poly head coach, Bo Baldwin was a flame out. He went like four and 23. Yeah, um, yeah it did not go well. Um, I'm not too excited about Bo. Baldwin. I was a, it's weird, it's weird that you'd hire a dude who just had such a horrible track record. Like, I know, like, yeah, gotta give him a chance to like revitalize himself, but like, Jesus right, Christ. Um, and then you hire, but I do like the defensive hires of Brian Ward and AJ Cooper. Yes. Um, both off the Washington State staff. They also – the wide receivers coach's name is slipping me. Um, he's the young dude from the Rams. Um, I'm close. Uh, I'm getting there. <laughs> it's slipping my mind too. Uh, we could talk about Washington State later too because they're uh, – Brother. Having some um, going on. Michael Corner is cooked. Finished. Done for. Keep posting. All right. Rashad Samples. There we go. Rams former wide receiver coach. Um, and he's what twenty seven years old. Um, yeah, and to me, um, he's the same age as Stetson Bennett. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um. Yeah. So what that. What ASU is building a similar staff to in the mold of what Dan Lanning was doing at Oregon, just young, a young staff mixed with some technique. They know how to close the game of football. 
Um, and I truly believe Kenny Dillingham can be defined as both. Um, he is a brilliant – I thought Oregon's offense all year was brilliant. Um, it was. And very difficult to stop, um, both in the run game, the pass game, the play-action pass game. Um, until Bo got injured, they were practically unstoppable. Um, they scored – they were scoring 40 on everyone in the Pac-12. I mean, it was – it was impossible. Um there was game one where Dillingham yelled, Bo! <laughs> through the interception. But since then, um, it's been great. Um, ASU might have gotten their quarterback today, by the way. Um, Conover from, yes, from Conover. BYU. Chandler, yeah. Arizona, transferring over from BYU. The man and who it, always wins Heisman in my Sims. And it sounds like DeCarlos Brooks, who also went to Chandler and then transferred to BYU, could be heading to ASU. DeCarlos Brooks on ASU feels right for some reason. Um, He's certainly had one of the careers of all time. (laughs) Um, He's been a weird player to follow. Um, Arizona Arizona State's bringing in a lot of hyped-up Arizona guys who left the state who failed at other places. Well, I'm not going to say failed – but they're bringing they up guys. Who, they, did, they didn't they, have they, a track no, record. Yeah. To me, Conover didn't not pan out. He was just on a mission. Yeah. He, he never really had a shot. It is, I think going to ASU, this is going to be his redshirt freshman season at like 21 years old. Yeah. Um, so he's got four years of eligibility. And DeCarlos Brooks was pretty damn good for BYU this year. But yeah, his cow not really was great. it DeCarlos Brooks came from cow did he not he did because there's there's Christopher Brooks and DeCarlos Brooks DeCarlos came from cow this year yeah he was at BYU before oh right 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 because okay, there's two different people we talked about this before this season yeah. Christopher Brooks changed his name oh right um Christopher Okay. So DeCarlos was Jay Knott's backup this year in Cal, and he didn't. Oh, gotcha. Play. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm seeing his stats now. Okay, yeah. that makes me way more sense. Because I was going to say, Christopher Brooks leaving BYU right now doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. Because right. um, he had a really good season. Right. Okay, never mind. So that's not as big of a pickup as I thought, but still good depth for him. So, yeah, I, I think if if ASU can just have an RB1, I think Daniel Ngata is going to be back this year. No, he's, 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 he's in Wallow. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah he's, well, he's that just ruined my entire point. Well, <laughs> yeah. If they can get an RB one, there will be a nice offense next season. They definitely yeah. can. They have they have all the spots in the world, and they're on their team to fill. And I, I, yeah. I, there's so many people in the portal that they they can find a guy. Yeah, I think the biggest need for Arizona State, and I think it's going to be the same thing. Well, more importantly for Arizona State, they've got to build beef and athleticism up oh, like, yeah. simultaneously because yeah. you saw the things that really worked for Oregon was that athletic but still very strong and physical offensive line. It's going to be hard to replicate that. But if you can get anywhere close and just implement Kenny Dillingham's systems, they can be really good pretty soon. Yeah, so what worked for Oregon was um, – with JUCO guys like TJ Bass, for example, guys with college experience that have had college, been in the college weight rooms that have know that college thing. I think ASU needs to attack the JUCO rings. Um, I noticed earlier today Oregon State was um doing so as well. Um, with Arizona's got some Arizona's got some good JUCOs, don't they? You, you talking about the 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 three D linemen? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think JUCO to Pac twelve has become a very good um pipeline. 
Half of our like guys who are really good, uh, especially in, in our DB room, were all JUCO. Yeah, Derek Blanford uh, was JUCO for us. Yeah, I, 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 Alton Julian, Ryan Cooper, uh, Rajon Wright, uh, all JUCO. Yep. Like we, like we are, and I don't know what it is with us and finding JUCO players, but yeah, I mean, I'm never gonna doubt him when we recruit him because they always turn out good. So, so in talking about Danielle and Gada. Um, he was one of the most hyped running backs out of high school in his class. Um, his comparison on two four seven was um, Christian McCaffrey, and he was the number um, number three all purpose back in the entire country out of high school. Um, this is a guy that was, yeah, this is a guy that was something special. He had legitimate offers from Clemson, Alabama, Michigan, Oregon. Um, USC, Washington was very much on him, and we were one of the top three teams for him. Um, which, if he circles back to the University of Washington, I would not mind that because we could use some running back help. But um, he's a really talented running back. He just hasn't had his run yet. He hasn't had a chance as in a running back one. Well, yeah, and he, his yards per carry have always been good. And when he's in the game, it always seems like ASU is more explosive. Um, except for this year with X Validate, because X Validate was plenty explosive himself. Um, but I mean, it's just like it's hard to put him over uh, uh, Trainum and uh, White as well as yeah. uh, X Validate. Like, there's just been good running backs there. Right. Yeah. So, his chance. I kind of understand why he's hit the ball. This is your year, man. I hope he goes somewhere good. Yeah, it is true. I hope Dillingham recruits him heavy to stay. Me too. I, I, and I think he will. I think that's something Dillingham needs to commit to. But man, that top twenty-five class that ASU brought in for the um, twenty twenty cycle, it did not pan out for him. Oh, no. It really didn't. Um, Rashad White was in that class, but you got very limited time out of him. Yeah, literally um, got what like. But like two. from Johnny Wilson, LV Bunkley, Shelton, these were top two hundred guys that were Florida expected. State, to, Oklahoma. Um. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Banks, I don't even know if he's on the fa- – he's at Northwestern State now. He was a four-star commit for them who just uh, – Chip Trainum was a four-star. Chad Johnson Jr. I'm pretty sure Chad Johnson Jr. But also terrible at football. He's um, in the portal. He is in the portal. That's, uh, yeah, that makes hey, sense. Shout out, hey, quick shout-out to Chip Trainum, though. He was getting running back carries in the game. A couple Finally, of yeah. yeah. It's good for him. So good I don't for even – I don't even know why they tried to do the linebacker thing. That was weird. Like he's like solidified. He was he was so talented at ASU. I love watching him play. Yeah. So he just. Anyway, but anyways, what a failure of like what was expected to be a like program changing. Oh, ASU is about to be a top ten program. Uh, top ten. Um, not top ten. Probably like top twenty. Top. 15 program in the country though was kind of the expectation when they built that around Jaden Daniels. Um, and uh, then they, oh my oh, god, what shit. well the, the 2021 that was, was the one where it was like, okay, we're gonna be really good this year, or it's all gonna fall apart. Yeah. We're average. They were all right. They were 84, and 84 so, was not good enough to keep it together. Dion is gonna be better than Kenny Dillingham year one, I think. Um. Yeah, Those yeah. Two, I feel bad for Dillingham because he's going to get compared to Dion for a while. Yeah, maybe like some. Maybe not a direct comparison, but I mean, they came in in the same coaching class, and it's yeah, going to be like, sure. oh, 
I hope ASU fans don't hold Kenny. Down. I really hope they don't. And I, I don't think, think they, they I don't think yeah. the smart part of that fan base talking about like Forks and Mateo. I don't think they're gonna be like, well, Dion is doing right. <laughs> like what? Because yeah. that wasn't a thing for ASU. They it's not a. So I'm glad. I, I well, I'm not glad they didn't do it because they haven't proven that they won't yet. But I hope, really hope they don't. We kind of um, talked no about Stanford last right episode, yeah. yeah, and we kind of talked about Stanford last episode, and I don't want to anymore. So, yeah, we'll move past Stanford and talk about the. Um, you talking about the is portal? It an, now? Is it an exodus at Washington State? Are we yeah. calling it a mass yeah. exodus yet? It has been. I'll start us off uh, starting uh, November twenty eighth. I guess this is right after the season. Uh, Juvenzi Bazil running back into the transfer portal. He hasn't done anything not very good. Travion Brown entered the transfer portal. Very good. Um, I was expecting him to have a great season next year, and his offer list already seems like everybody else saw what I saw. Uh, Dejon Shibling, Donovan Ali, uh, Adrian Shepard, Eric Wilder, Gabriel Lopez, Justin Lorenz, uh, Gavin Barthel all entered in the same day. Uh, next day, on my birthday, Xavier Ward entered the transfer portal. Uh, and then today, Francisco Marigova entered the transfer portal. Um, Max X, Max Exodus, indeed. Um, if we if we just look on the defensive end and just look at the changes that we've had going into next season, Dan Henley won't be back. Jordan Lee won't be back. Francisco Marigova won't be back. Um, and neither will Trevion Brown. And there's four guys off rip um, that are leaving. And there's a couple guys who I remember covering when they came out of high school, Justin Lorenz and Gabriel Lopez, Adrian Shepard. Uh, guys that never even played, and now they're gone. So, <laughs> and then, the, and of course, the biggest ones that I, um, uh, Dej- uh, Dejan Stribling and Donovan Ali, um, Strib, I expected him to go to um, Arizona, but uh, on three has him projected to go to Utah or whatever that means to oh, you. Oh, wow, um, great play for Utah, right? There. Yeah, it would be because I, I was thinking, I was thinking about this earlier. Like, even though this season was not good for Washington State's wide receivers. On paper, these are two really talented outside receivers with good size and length, and they could be really good on a good football team. I was talking to uh, Pac-12 Bias about this a couple days ago. If it was, if Utah gets Dejon Stribling, that would be a huge addition because they're, they're, they're one outside piece away from this season that they in a season that they won the Pac-12 and they're going to the Rose Bowl again. They're one, they're one step away from possibly being a playoff team, and it'd be that outside receiver, I think, man. Yeah. I mean, their offense is just so one-dimensional. It's it's run the ball and tight end. Yeah. Um, and then Donovan Ollie's not getting any any um, run for in the portal. Nobody wants him. Who so want me? Want me. Yeah. <laughs> I actually <laughs> hope Oregon State can maybe take a look at him. Yeah, he's a good football player, man. Yeah, I, and, I, and we need receivers right now. And Xavier Ward um, got a um, offer from UMass, who is UMass is building a damn good portal class right now. By the way, um, you wouldn't so think they would, Xavier, but man. I love it's Xavier. Immediate playing now. time, so why not? Yeah, but multiple Arizona players are heading straight to UMass. I guess um, Don Brown going there as the head coach. Bring in the reason why. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, man, Francisco Maligo and Trevion Brown leaving are like such big deals. Like both. The team's just not going to be good next year, man. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing the, I'm waving the white flag. Yeah, I, mean, I think I mean, and and y'all might lose Sam Levitt too. 
Yeah. Which is got a, what, who did he get an offer from today? Michigan State? Michigan State, yeah. Like, Which is good news for Oregon, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. Um, who cares about Oregon right now, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Bad news for me. Yeah, I mean, <sighs> but I think, uh, to be fair, I think Michigan State is getting a little desperate for a quarterback. Um, so they may just be shooting an offer. Um, and trust me, I with Lincoln Keenholes, I'm in the same boat right now, except I'm dealing with Ohio State. I mean, that's a little harder. Um, yeah. Bro um, battling with big bro two different conferences. Yeah. I am getting a little bit nervous about Aiden Charles only because, uh, well, today uh, he announced he's going to be in the All-American game. Um, which is really good to see. Deal, yeah. But that brings a lot of attention. Although I think he's, I, I think he's locked in. I hope he's locked in. He's enrolling in January, from what I've heard. But I mean, it's just a little bit nerve wracking because you could always flip. There's never one hundred percent commands. You can always flip. Right. And you gotta sign him. I, I would hope he stays because he would have an opportunity to be the guy from day one with his talent level. Yeah. Oh, uh, speaking of the portal. I hope, I hope Jonathan Smith gives him a chance. Yeah, I know. I know he will. Co- yeah. Coach Smith always gives every player on the team a chance, which I love about. Uh, I brought I brought this up in the chat a couple of days ago or maybe yesterday. I don't know. The culture we have at Oregon State is special. Like yeah. very, very special. Like the the whole family aspect, that's not fake. Like we've had one player enter the portal and there's been like a ton for like every other team. And the only player that's left the team was Chance Nolan and he kind of quit on the team two weeks ago. So yeah. it's right. although it's unfortunate, I just I, I'm proud of what Smith has built here. And I think we can really, really keep making noise, especially with what we have. Obviously players some players are gonna leave, some are gonna be told to leave or asked politely to leave because the roster's possible. Politely to leave. <laughs> okay, it's just man. how it goes. Uh, yeah, listen, yeah. I know we signed you, but uh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I mean to be fair, that's what Dion's been doing to the entire Colorado Buffaloes recruit. Yeah, what what what, what guy left? It was like Owen McCowan or something. Owen McCowan left. Uh, they've had they've had ninety commitments. Yeah. Um, um Brady. What the hell are y'all decommitting for? You, y'all, you're you're leaving because they no, they're, they're, they're leaving. Like they're they're, they're leaving. Making them leave. Yeah, they oh, didn't. Yeah. They right. didn't. They, they didn't get reoffered. Yeah. 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 Um, Brady Brady Nasser, a guy I really liked coming into this class, decommitted, and I'm interested to see if we can get him back. But I think he might go to Cal. I would honestly like literally just hide myself like in Colorado's like offer sheet. I just like like sneak into the office and like scribble my name out real fast, but like, re rewrite it in like pen at the bottom, like the fine print. You see me on Four day star one. DB. I was say you, you see me on day one. Probably looking through the roster. Jackson Bivens. I don't remember. This young man. <laughs> yeah, to stack on top of the and the um togetherness of a football team is becoming just as important as the talent level right now because you look at what Utah's been able to build, what Oregon State's starting to build, and hopefully um, 
what Washington's starting to build. Which is with, a big deal because you got Michael Penix bad. We didn't mention that, but that's nice. Yep, I'm just getting into that. With the return of um, Michael Penix Jr. Um, I'm sorry for stealing the shine. It's kind of low down. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Um, with that return, that kind of shows me the um, culture that Washington is starting to build. Um, especially, And I think a big part of that is the leadership of not only Kalen DeBoer and our coaching staff, but um, – as well as Michael Penix himself um, trying to be um, a spark for the entire program because um, Romo Dunze and Jalen McMillan, before we played a game, um, they were adamant that they'd be out of here after this year, whether they were going to the NFL or the portal. They were going to be – this was going to be their last year at Washington. Now they're both not so sure. And with Penix returning, I I would almost – predict if I had to that's kind of 50 50 because we haven't gotten those um draft grades or whatever back because yeah. players do wait for that I think those come next week for um um all the players the scouts will send those out I, I don't know if it's like on email or something <laughs> hey uh you're not good enough to go. <laughs> right 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 they, they literally will tell people that because yeah they, no it's good it's good like, no I like right, it I love deal. it um we want to see another year from you I think is what um, could be the consensus. Um, and Braylon Trice is another one who's now heavily considering coming back, um, which obviously he was a guy that got nine sacks this year. So bringing nine back nine sack haver. So bringing back Bray- Braylon Trice, um, that's a potential. I think he's got all American potential next season. Um, he's, he was, he's got big baller status. Yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah, early tries. He's a he's a beast. Um, we can't bring back Jeremiah Martin, unfortunately. I think he's going to be like twenty six, isn't he? No, he's <laughs> no, he's only he's only like twenty two. Um, he only played four years of college. He still ha- um, if he redshirted one of these years, he'd have another year. Um, well, if but, he only played four, he could come back for a fifth because of the COVID year, right? No, 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 no. He was in the class of eighteen, I believe. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So that was the same year Z. Wait, that was the same. Oh, he. I guess he just never redshirted at A&M. Because what Eklund said when he came to Washington was he had two years to play. Th- or he had three years to play two. Um, so, oh, okay. So he, so would, he, he would be. Never he, redshirted. Okay. At, he, would, he would have a redshirt if, if Washington gave it to him. But right, if, we, if we wanted to, which just wouldn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah. He's one of our best players. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, we lose him. Um, we lose the entire interior row line, and we're waiting on both Roger Rosengarten and Troy Fautanu's decisions, both of our tackles, which is quite scary to wait on. Because um, yeah. it's like, is Michael Penix going to be protected next year at all? <laughs> um, hopefully. Because he was very, very, very well protected this year. Um, he sat in that pocket all day, pretty much every game. Um, Penix just stood back there un, unbothered. So um, I'm really excited for next season. I think Washington will start in the preseason top 15. And um, that eh, we probably have to beat Texas to do that, which will be very um, fun game, by the way. Um, I didn't even know that y'all played. That's a big deal. That's cool. Yeah, we do play Texas in the Alamo Bowl. I was oh oh not the Alamo Bowl. I I thought you meant like regular season. I figured I would have known if y'all scheduled regular season. I yeah. knew you know that now. Yeah, so um, I was very excited that Kansas State um was able to pull it off against TCU. By the way, um because I, I said they would on this podcast, but then TCU still made the playoffs, so I was still kind of wrong. But 
<laughs> Which they probably should have. I wish they lost by a little bit more. Yeah, and then maybe you see Alabama get that spot. Um, probably not Tennessee. <laughs> Good. And they, I think I, I've, I've talked about this before, or I haven't talked about it on the podcast, but I've had some conversations with friends and stuff like that. Like, would they, I think the committee should consider the fact that Hendon Hooker is hurt when they were looking at that. Absolutely. Like, I, you can't put a, a, a QB2-led team in the playoff, no matter how good Joe Milton could be. Like, it's... Wow, you don't want to do that. Unless they have too good of a resume to keep out. Right. Like, um, if J.J. McCarthy broke his leg in the Big Ten Championship and they still won, you got to still put Michigan in the yeah. game. Um, without like, Kate McNamara either, by the way. Yeah. Um, so Which went screwed. to Iowa. That's funny. Um, like, um, Eric All may follow him, but Eric All is visiting the University of Washington. Is he really? He is. It's, that'd be a, if he comes, which I doubt it. That'd be a good addition. That'd be weird, but well, you say you doubt it, but think about our recruiting director. Think where he came from, Michigan. Um, Courtney Morgan. So there is, there's something there. There might be something there. But I just feel like the Iowa connection. But you know, it came Iowa almost connection. immediately with Kate McNamara. Crazy. Iowa that connection's is, insane. You know, Dude, if Iowa got Trayshawn Holden, that would be. The funniest team in America. I don't care what anybody says. Who else is also recruiting Trayshawn Holden? Washington. Who it? Who it? Oh my! Please I know Please take him. Please take him. Is Rome McMillan and um, Polk not enough for you? <laughs> no, you need Trayshawn Holden. He's him. Wide receiver six <laughs> behind Taj Davis on the depth chart. Wait, wait until you, wait until you start seeing those Trayshawn Holden billboards in Washington and then talk shit. It is interesting. <laughs> How Iowa is gonna do next year now that they have an actual quarterback? And what offensive what offensive coordinator, dude? That's that, that, I, I have no idea. Until Coke, Kirk Ferentz gets his son's bad word out of his mouth, until he gets his son off payroll, they're not gonna be worth a damn. Yeah, I mean. Kirk Ferris's son cannot keep that job for very long. I, I can't believe he doesn't even deserve to be called by his own name. I'm a real respectful guy. He doesn't. He doesn't deserve any respect. He yeah. just strips so many Iowa. And Kirk Ferris's son is in quotes. Yeah, yeah, in quotes. Kirk Ferris's son. He's robbed those fans and those defenses of so much joy and, and goodness. Do we have anything serious to talk about the rest of this episode? We can talk about Oregon's transfers. They lost Jay yeah, Butterfield. Oregon. Justin Flo. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Justin God. Flo. Greg Biggins reported um, that Washington is one of the teams with Justin Flo. And I'm like, oh, my God. If, no. <laughs> if y'all get Justin Flo, I genuinely might die of laughter. This podcast, this that will be the greatest day in podcast history. We will have to record as soon as it happens, yeah. and it will just be an hour of laughter talking about Justin. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't even be that bad at Washington, but Heemski. Heemski. Sean Dollars and Byron Cardwell are both in the portal now, too, right? Yeah, Byron Cardwell is legit. I hope he goes to somewhere good. Um, Oregon um, is recruiting Dorian uh, Singer. Oh, Dorian Singer. We got to talk about him. Oh, yeah. yeah, That's a big deal. Dorian Singer's getting some really good offers, too. I mean, he he deserves I'm very very happy for him. So am I, yeah. Deserves a big deal. There was a big outcry (laughs) that um, 
the offer or that what Dorian Singer is doing is bad. Um, there were some people saying like, man, can a school even build their own teams anymore? Jaden Delora hit him in the head and pushed him on the sideline. Yeah, I'm not staying with that fraud either. <laughs> um, Oregon also hired UTSA OC um, Will Stein as theirs. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, yeah. UTSA people were people are acting like uh, this in our chat got compared to Eric Morris. USA is not who said that internet word. Um, I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth because I forgot who said it because I know somebody said somebody said something along the lines of. Well, just remember when we were happy we got Eric Morris, but at the lower level, when they were talking about um, man, who cares? And the Southland is nowhere near CSA. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I think it might have even been in the Husky chat, just trying to be negative about Oregon. But I had to go because I, I feel like someone would, one of you guys would have remembered this because I had to go in and be like, "Are y'all fucking serious?" Yeah, there's <laughs> no chance. Like that's not even, and yeah. it's not even like a. I don't know. They were they were good, man. They yeah, been good. So I gotta say, um, Will Stein, great hire. I think um, he brings a pretty similar offense, which I think Dan Lanning is gonna make the pitch to Bo Nix saying, "Give me one more year." Um, in a he's coming scheme. back, isn't he? Not officially. He's Not gonna officially. play the bowl. He's um, going to come back. Official. I he think I think so too when he's playing the, the Holiday Bowl right. at Oregon. Like that's not a big bowl for that program. I don't know if I can say one more year of Bo Nix, dude. I'm not coming. I can't say any one more year of Bo Nix fans. Hopefully, everybody's like tired of it. Like, we're like, just, like we if I see one more, he's having fun. I'm gonna. Oh my god! And like, we, we like, will next year if Oregon's any good, which they probably will. They probably will be, bro. That's which, too damn bad. I will yeah, send my page into the sun. He talks about it every week. I, I, I'm not a fan of the Bo Nix jokes. The, the thing, the problem with bias is he's a computer, not a person. So he repeat the same joke over and over and over again. And it's like, doesn't it's lose like any, yeah, it doesn't lose any like um, meaning to him. He can just keep repeating the same thing. Um, he makes he makes the exact. I mean, I'm gonna. Chat with him, the G League chat, um, <laughs> and he and he makes the same jokes he made in 2020, including the Bo Nix one. So I can't, yeah, I can't deal with that that's again. Fine. Anyway, um, what else uh, happened? Uh, there's quite a bit more that's still happening. We can talk about the bowls really quick. We can talk we can. about those matchups, and then next week we can do our team, our all pac team, as well as the actual one, and then we can talk and about bowl uh, predictions. And bowl predictions, and there's something else I want to do next episode, but I'm sure I'll remember it and do. Oh yeah, and then we can start our season recaps. So next episode yeah, will yeah, be yeah. just as good as this one. Yeah. So, oh, um, and, and shout out to the Pac-12, man. This is going to be a good conference, man. Yeah, Pac-10. I'm shout out to my dogs. Oregon, Oregon's getting good again. Or getting really good again. Washington's getting really good again. Oregon State's getting really good. Arizona State, man, exciting higher. Arizona's going in the right direction. Um, everything's Colorado. going up. Colorado yeah, yeah. just made the biggest hire of the college football offseason. And then here I am. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, well, at least you got a bowl game against Fresno State, so we'll start with that. And, so yeah, we're, we're gonna we're gonna lose, but yeah. I agree. They, they are very very difficult to go against. Watching them personally, they are a very frustrating team to play against. Jake Hayner is ridiculously good. Yeah. He just makes, he plays in that DeBoer scheme where the reads on the quarterback. Um, you and quite often you can see the receiver just running free in that scheme. It's quite easy to play in. And I, I, if I was a Washington State fan, I would be pissed when we drew Fresno State because we just had to play that offense, and it was just a bloodbath. We were going to lose to either of these teams that we drew, truth be told. Um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I no, I don't know about Boise yeah, State. Yeah, we, we would. Well, you, well, all those players in the portal are not are also not playing in the bowl game, so like, and it's not like you can really replace them. I so. wasn't even projecting that. I just don't right. – I haven't seen Washington State win a bowl since that, the Alamo Bowl in 2018. Oh, that's right. They lost that one bowl game to Air Force. I forgot about yeah, that. they lost to Air Force in 2019. CMU last year. So we lost serious. to Minnesota. In the I haven't Bay seen us win a bowl game Alamo since the Brandon Cooks days. So Yeah. Good. You might that same day, though, because you play a Florida Gators team that will be on their third-string quarterback. They have – They have – They have <laughs> They have 29 players in the portal right now. Oh, brother. Yeah, it's, it's bad <laughs> in Florida right it's now. A, that might be a bloodbath. That might be a bloodbath. Oh, no, it's going to be bad. Yeah, it's going to be awful. going to run through Florida like shit through it. And everyone's like pissed because like, they find it disrespectful that we were giving this game. And, yes, it is disrespectful. It is disrespectful. But, I, I said but, it last week. I thought there was no chance that you'd draw Florida. But, yeah. I will definitely take an SEC beatdown any day of the week. Yeah. yeah. Like I mean, no, no, no disrespect to the to the SEC. I like I like I like a lot of their teams, but their fans are just so incredibly cocky. Sometimes it's going to be nice to watch Florida get their get wiped in Vegas by by a Pac twelve team. Okay. And, and, I, and I might be going. I it's it's in the works. You need to go, and y'all need to handle business. If y'all fool around in this game, I will be very, very mad. Because I, I mean, I, we were all angry on this podcast when Utah fooled around with Florida a little too yes. much. Um, don't just don't Anthony, fool around. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's but Anthony the, Richardson played that game, and as mediocre as he was this season, he is a extreme talent. That was yeah, the best game of his season, <laughs> of his career, really. His career, yeah. Okay, so speaking of North Carolina, this is the game I thought the Beavs would draw, and I thought should have drawn. Um, money. The right, the and Holiday I, Bowl, I which is going to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is going to be a all-time uniform matchup between Oregon and North Carolina. It's kind of excited for this game. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, Drake May is playing, of course. He, yeah. Well, he's a, he's a sophomore, right? Okay. It should have been us, man. It should have been us. Josh Downs, what's his status? Is he going to go over this game? I think he's going. I think I, I think he'll play. I haven't seen much this to say he's not playing. This is an opportunity for him to boost his draft stock, so I don't see any reason not to. Bo Nix is announced as playing. Um, this should be a very Oregon-centric crowd. The game's in California. North Carolina's coming across the country. Oregon's making about a three-hour flight down, um, if that. So, um, I, I will I will say I've always been in the camp of protect yourself, protect your body. Um, 
But if you're not like a certified like top ten draft pick, what are you sitting at a bowl for, big bro? Yeah, just play. Especially a like, good yeah. opportunity of a bowl, right? So, like, like if you're talking about a, like, say Caleb Williams was draft eligible this year, if he sat out against Tulane, I'd have no blame on yeah, him. Yeah, I wouldn't be bothered at all. Yeah, That's because why uh, it's uh, a Cal- bowl, but it's shitty. Yeah, Jackson Smith and Jigba sitting out of the college football playoff. And it's weird, but he he hasn't played. He all is season. already. No, he hasn't played all season. Yeah. He has. Yeah. He's had injury issues. I don't blame him at all. Right. And, so. you know, and but they in Ohio State, it's not like they're lacking in receivers. I must say, they, they don't they. They'll live. Um, if anything, I think he'd actually subtract from their team to be honest, because they've been playing with the different receivers all year. So mm-hmm. you'd have to regain that chemistry in game. Jason, I don't think so. so. I mean, because you just play. I Jason. do. I, I think reinserting well, someone is hard. It is. When you, um, when you're just plug JSN in the slot, just let him run around. Yeah, he's it's so pretty, good. I know. I know. Like, he can run any route. He can beat people deep, and Stroud will put it on him pretty much every time. But against a defense like Georgia, that can actually kind of keep up with him. Yeah, um, yeah. Trying to regain that chemistry. There's not. You can't simulate a game even in practice. Um, and while we're talking about Georgia really fast, Stetson Bennett got invited to New York City, and I wanted to blow myself up. That, that might have been the worst thing I think I've ever seen. Like, we started this year. Our first episode of the year was titled Jackson Hates Champions, and it was all about Stetson Bennett. And we're going to end this year with Stetson Bennett. And I still hate him, and he's probably going to win it all again. I – oh, my God. I, I, like, genuinely might, like, shrivel up into, like, just a ball of skin and – Die if he wins a second championship. Yeah. Well, anyways, anyways, um, Washington. The next bowl game is um. Oh. Um. So to me, the status of Bijan Robinson between draft and game could very well be the differing factor in this one, um, because he's a back to put up fifteen hundred tu- or almost sixteen hundred yards and eighteen touchdowns. Um, yeah, he's a he, he's the game changer if he decides to um. To um, play or not, um, a guy I think that Washington wins this game either way. I, I have a good feeling about. Yeah, this. I I like Washington in this game too. But right. if Bijan plays, it's going to be very difficult. Yeah, um, I, I can see this so, game go either way. It's a- yeah, Texas in bowl games is always really hard to beat. But Texas yeah. has lost quite a bit in the portal because they are Texas, and that's what happens to them. Um, that's what guy doesn't get playing time at Texas. Uh, the way they get players, the all the four and five stars they just have sitting on the bench, they're all in the portal now. So a lot of depth issues for um, the Longhorns there. Pitt um, versus UCLA and the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. This will be a horrific game. I'm not looking forward to this game at all. I think UCLA is going to run them out of the This is going to be the Sun Bowl classic, love, like, 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 like 17-14, just awful game. Yeah, it's yeah. just I'm not looking forward to it. I, mean, I think DTR will put up some points, though. Uh, USC and Tulane. Um, USC's either going to blow them out or um, they're going to not care and lose this game. Roll wave. Um, oh, fuck, too. God. Why do you, I, I don't know the backstory. Why do you hate Tulane so much? Because there's a bunch uh, of idiots in the yeah, college, football the college football Instagram community, weirdos. Yeah. If I hate the college football team, it's either because of that reason right there or it's a player – or just like a really weird scandal with their university. So yeah. Liberty, Georgia, and Tulane. 
Seth and Bennett, weird CFB fans, and uh, so, their coach. Speaking of weird, um, speaking of weird scandals, we're gonna talk about Penn State and um, <laughs> Utah. Um, never, never ask Micah Parsons what he was doing in the Penn State locker room. Um, never ask. Never ask. Uh, never, Rising never ask a man in salary, a woman, or, or if she's pregnant. Never ask Mike Michael Parsons what he was doing in the Penn State. <laughs> Uh, anyways, Cam Rising versus Sean Clifford is the worst quarterback matchup in a Rose Bowl. <laughs> that is terrible, dude. Two just genuinely awful quarterbacks. I, I cannot wait until Sean Clifford's gone and, and it's finally Drew Aller's time. Yeah, I mean, this is is Aller in his second year already? Yeah, second. Yeah. And he, oh, brother! He's just sitting there. Waiting. He's just sitting there rotting because Sean Clifford back for his seventh year. Sean Clifford came back for his seventh year, and they're just this five-star quarterback prospect is just sitting on the bench. Who leaves so, college sooner, Sean, uh, Sean Clifford, Clifford or Eighth year Penn State? Do you think Drew Aller can change Penn State's ceiling, Jackson? I don't know, man. It's you're cutting the close. I think it's the Sean Clifford ceiling. I, I, hell, they were doing it with Chase McSorley, too. No, they won that they, one time. They won that one time, and they still went to the Rose Bowl. <laughs> that's their hey. peak, bro. Hey, that's all right. Didn't they lose to Iowa that, that year, too? Yes, dude. That, dude, that actually dude. made me kind of mad when they beat Ohio State. Finally, Saquon was going to play in the playoffs, and then they lost to Iowa. I'm telling you, bro. Iowa ruins a lot of good too. things, like Dwayne Haskins getting a playoff opportunity, um, and not having the opportunity to shred Washington. Yeah, if Taylor Rapp didn't get injured, man. Nah, shut the hell up. Dude, they literally attacked. They murdered <laughs> because he sucks. He still sucked on Utah. He didn't even play. Yeah, there. what's he? What's he doing now? Nowadays, he I know he was on the Utes, but I don't he even worked, think he's like a player for them. I was about to like make a legit. mean joke, but I think he graduated. Right? He's got it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he did. But you know, Taylor Rapp was out there. We 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 played pretty well in that game. I thought. Except we're on offense and defense, but the special teams was out there. Peyton oh. Henry made all his kicks. Yeah. Peyton Henry is the all-time leading scorer at the University of Washington, by the way. Good. <laughs> oh, man, I'm just dreading watching, watching Washington State football next year. They play Wisconsin at home. We'll probably lose. If you will, still some hope. Hey, I mean, just like, just think about our defense next year. Like, we'll have. Well, I didn't really talk about this. I don't think I, I might have. Well, I know R.J. Stone and Brendan Jackson are coming back. Uh, Shaw Smith Wade's likely to come back, but that's it. What about Langford? Is he? He's a senior, I believe. Oh right, yeah, he graduated. He's graduated. Yeah. Wow, um, so that's rather unfortunate. Marsh. We'll have Jaden. Yeah, our money Marsh is gone. Well, have Jaden uh, Hicks. Uh, Woo! Uh, getting we the don't. edges back was almost confusing, bro. Yeah, I didn't think they would. I don't. I don't know. They love this university too much. They can do um, so much better somewhere else. <laughs> if 
if RJ's professional football career doesn't work out, he will have a great career as a hell a, of a career as an analyst. Yes. He was Absolutely. amazing he at the Pac-12 championship. Great. He was great. He's a really good person. I, I love him when players like like uh, RG3 right now, for example, this year has been killing it in the booth. An absolute cornball, but I like him a lot more this year than I did last year. Oh, no, last yeah. year, I just couldn't stomach listening to him, but now it's... He's he, he's still cool. corny, but he's less corny, and he's actually kind of funny. He's so, corny, he, yeah, he's still just as corny, but he's more funny than he I was last year. I feel like there's year. room for a couple guys like that in the commentary booth. There are, there mm-hmm. are. Yeah, It's fun. Yeah. It's, it's, it's different. I like it. Right. Also, speaking That's of commentary... Good. I, I I personally love Gus Johnson. He was terrible last week. He was terrible last week, and I've never been a Gus Johnson fan, and I'm so glad other people saw what I always see. He He's just right, so yeah. inconsistent, dude. Yeah, Gus. Um, Gus is a weird case because some of the best moments of college football and basketball in my life have been commentated by Gus Johnson and have great calls by Gus Johnson. The Dante Pettis kick punt return touchdown to beat Utah with a minute left um, was called by Gus Johnson. The Isaiah Thomas cold-blooded, which is – I'm pretty sure that's um, Gus Johnson's, um, like, most notable call. Yeah, that's his, like, signature call. Was um, Isaiah Thomas hitting a step back for University of Washington. So, um, and um, – so, obviously, I – am biased when I say that I've always just enjoyed waking up and wa- wa- hearing Gus Johnson. I, I don't really like Joel Klatt. I just, he seems too snarky. I like, I like Klatt. I think he's a really good football mind. I like listening to Joel Klatt on a Wednesday talking about college football. Yeah, I don't like him on a game. I, I like Kirk Herbstreit like more than I like Klatt. Speaking of Kirk Herbstreit, him and him and Pat McAfee are going to call our bowl game, and I have well, never that's been going to be insufferable. I'm sorry. No, I, I love just, Pat McAfee. I don't care. I don't. I <laughs> couldn't. I could not listen to Pat McAfee on the game, bro. <laughs> that sh- would drive me insane. Pat McAfee and Kirk Herbstreit is going to be an amazing duo. I don't yeah, care what anyone says. You're going to be so annoyed by the second quarter. You're gonna, it, like, the, we're not going to be watching that game by the second quarter. There okay. is a mute button for a reason. That's true. Watch, uh, I'm gonna, I'm, watch gonna our, I'm, I'm watching our game and mute. We got Joe Tessitore and Greg McElroy. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, my god. <laughs> oh no! Oh, I don't even know who's calling the Alamo Bowl. I'm hoping for RG3, man, because he loves my, he loves him some Michael Penix Jr. Um, Big Penix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he started that. You know what? Now that I think about out, it, he tweeted out that Michael Penix should. He tweeted yeah. out Michael Penix should be going to New York. Which, like once you I mean, get past the corny stage for him, RG three is uh, RG three is fun. Like he yeah, is RG three is fun. I he like knows. I love I love Jason Benetti. Um, yeah, I like Sean McDonough a lot. I like.